Now, fear is, uh, it's a common malady. What is fear? Well, I looked up several definitions. One said it's an unpleasant, often strong emotion. And it is strong, isn't it? Strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. I thought that was good. The synonyms for fear that I found are dread. You dread something. Fright. You're frightened. Alarm. You become alarmed about what might be or the danger that presents itself. You're in alarm about it. And then the word panic came up. You really... We ought not to, but we panic in danger sometimes, don't we? We have panic and dread and fright and alarm and we're just afraid. There's not a person here this morning that does not fear. Now that's a natural emotion. And it's only dangerous and hurtful when it is continual. Fear can destroy health. It can destroy your mind. People have been so much used to fear that their minds are destroyed. It can destroy, finally, your eternal soul. And the epitome of fear in this life is suicide. The reason a person kills him or herself is because of this emotion of fear. They're just so fearful they cannot, they cannot bear to live. And the only true and effectual antidote is only one. There's only one real antidote. Now, men may help you a little. You may go to a psychologist or counselor of some kind, and they may help your thinking a little bit. But I'm telling you, the only true and effectual antidote is told by David in verse 3. You want to get rid of your fears? All right, then learn to do this somehow. We're always learning. Learn to do this. He said, what time I am afraid. I'll just do one thing. I'll trust in thee. I tell you what, if you can come to a place where you trust in him, your fears will be greatly alleviated. Trust in the Lord. I don't know how to tell you to do it. If I could, I'd just put it in me and put it in you, this trust in the Lord, but I can't do that. But I'm telling you the only antidote that you have against inordinate fear is to trust in the Lord. If we really believe that he is 
who we preach in this church, that he has all power and nothing's impossible and he controls all things, surely we can learn to trust him and put aside the useless fears that we have. David said, what time I am afraid. What, David? Surely David wasn't afraid. David was one of the boldest of men. David, as a youth, was so bold that he'd go out into an open field against a man who was over nine feet tall and had on brass armor and a huge sword. And David would go out in a field against that man with a slingshot and a rock. You talk about bold. David, David. David was more at home in battles than any man that I know anything about. And yet this hero, this man of courage, says that sometimes he was afraid. He's just like us in many respects. He's just a man. A man's just a man. Man, just a man. No matter who he is or what he is, just a man. And he's subject to all the infirmities that you and I are subject to. Elijah could go up on a mountaintop and go against 400 false prophets of Baal and show them up and take them down to the brook Kidron and slay them, all 400 of them. And yet the next instance, he was afraid of a woman. Why? What was the difference? Well, God didn't sustain him and let him fall into that fear of a woman. He said, if I don't get out of town, that woman's going to kill me. And he just slew 400 false prophets. So all men are alike. We're all just alike. James said Elijah was a man that was subject to like passions as we. All men are the same. No difference in men. The only difference is God. But David said, when I'm afraid. Now, sometime to be afraid is a childish thing. Children are sometimes frightened of the dark, but you as an adult, you can go into the dark and not be frightened. And the more we are afraid, the more we are like children. Make you react like a child if you're afraid. Of course, it's not always so. There are great dangers which make the boldest man tremble. I realize that. So to be afraid sometimes is a very childish thing. But I do know this, to be afraid is a very distressing thing. The heart beats quickly. And the whole system of your body is thrown out of order when you're afraid. You don't think right. And there have been cases of men 
who have had to endure severe fear for a lengthy period of time and their hair has turned snow white overnight. A lot of people have lost their, their minds under extreme fear. So the body goes into all kind of distress when there's fear. No doubt, I'm not, uh, I don't doubt for one minute that a lot of diseases are caused by fear. And throwing the body out of, out of its regular pattern of things, that diseases occur, I'm convinced of that. I'm not a doctor nor a psychologist, but I'm convinced of that. And fear is always distressing, whether it's fear of outward danger or maybe it be, might be fear of inward sin. But I'm telling you, you're in distress when you're afraid. And then fear is always a weakening thing. It'll make you weak. The person who can keep calm in the midst of a difficulty is better able to meet it. If a man's out on the water and he's in a storm at sea and he can somehow manage to keep his mind quiet, he's more likely to survive than if he panics and goes all to pieces, as we say. But if a man is in a storm and he's agitated and alarmed, he'll probably be shipwrecked. Sometimes fear is excusable, yet fear is always extremely dangerous. Always extremely dangerous. And David gives us the cure for fear. What time I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. Well, what are some of the fears that we have? Well, let's look first of all at everyday life, what we call temporal fears. Your, your ordinary everyday life, you have fears. The one thing that we must have in order to survive in this world is food and clothing. We must have those things. And there's not anybody here this morning who is in absolute starvation, but millions in the world are, as we meet here this morning. That'd be a great fear, not knowing where your next bean was coming from. That's fear, brother. The fear of business failure, loss of income, weighs heavily on many minds. What if? What if? And then there are family fears, domestic fears, fears in the family. You and I don't have troubles about what we'll eat or drink, but there are family fears. It's no small thing when your little child falls sick of a fever. And that's a fear, and if it progresses very far, you really do begin to 
be afraid for that child. And worse still, there's the fear of seeing your life's partner gradually fading away and the doctors say there's not anything else we can do. You fear that? Oh my. You dear wives here, do you? Have you often been afraid that you may before long become a widow? Do you fear that? Or husbands, that you be without that constant companion that you have? That's a day of calamity. Now, remember this. God has not made this world to be a nest for us. Now, we try to make it a nest, don't we? We've nested up here, and everything is just fine. But God has not made this world to be a nest for us. But any time you do that, God's going to plant some thorns in it. And he does. He puts those thorns in order to cause us to think of our soul's true home. This is not your true home. Oh, but I'm afraid. What would I do if I lost the companion of my life? I'm afraid of that. The Lord may put a thorn in the nest. Every morning, every morning, I don't know of anything better to do than to commit the day's troubles to God. There'll be troubles today. Commit those troubles to the Lord. And then every night, do the same thing and hear God say, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. I'm telling you what the remedy is. I'm not telling you how to grab hold of it. Only God can cause you to do that. But I can outline the remedy and you can ask him, Lord, help me to grab hold of this. Give me the grace to listen and to, to apply this to myself and to trust in thee when I'm afraid. God said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. I read of a couple on a ship and a storm came up and the woman was just terrified. She was greatly alarmed about the storm, but her husband seemed to be just very calm and collected and she looked at him and she said, how can you be, how can you be so calm in this great storm? And he picked up a sword and he pointed it at her heart. And she looked at it, but she didn't tremble or just flinch or anything else. And he said, well, aren't you afraid? I could kill you right now. She said, well, of course I'm not afraid. That sword's in your hands.
And the husband said, that's why I'm not afraid. This storm is in my father's hands. And I can trust him. Can you trust him in a storm, in your troubles? All of the troubles that you have, can you trust him? All of your troubles are in his hands. Don't be afraid. Mm. There was a child playing downstairs in a home, and his mother was upstairs, and he played a few minutes, and, and uh, it crossed his mind that his mother might have left. And so he went to the foot of the stairs and he said, Mother, are you here? And she said, Yes, son, I'm here. Oh, boy, he went back to play and in a little while it crossed his mind again. He hadn't seen her in a few minutes. And he went back, Mother, are you here? And she said, Of course I'm here. And he did that every few minutes. What do, you do? what do you say in time of trouble? Father, are you here? And you hear him say, it is I. Are you here? Yes, I'm here. That'll calm the fears, won't it? He's here. Father, are you here? Yes, I'm here. It is I, be not afraid. All your troubles, I know you've got troubles. Oh, I can look at you. I know personally of your troubles, a lot of them. You just go to the foot of the stairs and say, Father, are you here? It is I. You'll hear the answer. He's here. He's in there. He's in the troubles. They're his troubles. And there's no need to be afraid. No need. And so there are fears. You're afraid of temporal things, things in this life, aren't you? Your father's here. And then what's another fear? Well, the fear concerning, perhaps some of you have this, the guilt of past sin. I know a lot of people who are still afraid of the guilt of past sin. And that's a far more bitter thing than these, these earthly things that I've talked about. All right, let me ask, do you remember when God came to you? When God first came to you and you looked within and you saw the defilement and the pollution and it came to your mind, God requires that which is pure. And it seemed as though all hell flared up in your face and you saw an angry God and you had no way to meet him. You remember that? There have been times, perhaps, when you've been startled out of sleep. Has that ever happened to you? It's happened to me, just completely startled out of sleep under a sense of sin. 
and all day there was no joy. I've gone through that. And there is such a thing as God's people reliving that. And you become afraid again. David said, when I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. If you want to get rid of the fear of past sins, remember. Now remember this. The Lord Jesus Christ came into the world for what? To suffer for the sins of all who trust him. All the sins of all his people were reckoned upon him and all that his people should have suffered on account of those sins. Christ Jesus suffered in their stead. The mighty debt was paid and all paid at once. Sins past and present and future were all paid when the substitute died. The whole tremendous debt that was due to God was satisfied. So why are you afraid of past sins? They do not exist. They're done away. Now, it is a blessed thing when sin burdens us to fly to Christ and stand beneath the cross and feel that crimson flow of his precious blood cleansing away all of our sin. Wash us white as snow. And I would to God that some of you who are in fear over the burden of your sins would look to the Son of God pouring out his life and trust him. God cannot punish your sins when the substitute has stood in your Place and endured all the wrath of the Father, past, present, future sins are all gone. But I have met people who live in the past and they say, oh, the awful things, the awful things. I know they were awful things. They were horridly awful before God that you did. But they're all gone. You're still afraid of those sins? My sins are gone. Praise God, my sins are gone. They're underneath the blood on the cross of Calvary. My sins are gone, past. Sins are all gone. Is there anyone here who's afraid, oh, afraid of your past sins? Get under the cross and feel that blood drop on you. And look at that white garment that Christ Jesus has come and brought to you. His perfect, holy, spotless righteousness is your, a gift to you. And don't ever be afraid over past things washed away in the blood of the Lamb. 
You say, well, I didn't know anybody was ever concerned about past sins. Well, you just don't know much then because people are. People are. What is another fear that we might have to deal with? Fear lest we should be deceived. I have that fear sometimes. Mm, oh, that's real, even among the best and most careful believers. What did Paul say? He said, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway, deceived. And there is a fear of being deceived, lest when I come into the church, I prove at last to be a dead member. One person says, I fear I was never chosen of God. And another says, I fear my faith is not the faith of God's elect. And another says, I fear I have never repented. And another one says, I'm afraid I'm a hypocrite. That's an odd fear because nobody that was a hypocrite was ever afraid of it. They never do know it. They're never afraid. And these fears abound. And in some respects, these fears are healthy because it's better to go to heaven doubting than go to hell presuming, isn't it? But when you and I are besieged, I use the word besieged, overcome, by these doubts and fears, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. You can't live a healthy spiritual life always being afraid. You just can't do it. What time I'm afraid I will trust in thee. And learn this, don't ever argue with Satan. Because he'll make you afraid and he'll cast doubts and fears in you. Don't ever argue. He always wins an argument. You just say to him when he comes, black eye to the fountain fly, wash me, Savior, or I die. That's a good answer when these doubts and fears come. Begin again. I'd like for everyone here, and myself included, begin again. Go back to the Lord Jesus Christ. Be always beginning and yet always going on. Don't forget your first love, your first faith, and yet learn every day to walk in Christ. Yet will I trust in thee. And if you doubt today, remember, the Lord Jesus said, Him that cometh to me I'll in no wise cast out. No wise. Oh, no wise. What, what rich were I will in no wise, under no circumstances, under any kind of coercion, anything else, I will in no wise cast out the one that's come to me. Have you come to him? That's the question. Come to the Savior and experience his rich, full grace and mercy.
You young people here, come to the Savior. Come on to the Savior. Come to the Savior and experience the fullness of the forgiveness of sin. Are you a doubter? Come again. A guilty, weak, helpless worm and cast yourself into the Savior's arms. You doubt, you fear. Oh, what if, what if? When I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. Amen. And then another fear is this. Fear that you won't hold out to the end. Anybody afraid you're not going to be able to hold out to the end? I've met some that said, I just, I just don't believe I can hold out. There are thousands who say, if I'm tempted, I may fall. You remember this, where God begins a work, he completes it. Now, if you began it, you'll have to complete it. But if God has begun the good work in you, he will carry it out and complete it. Don't ever say, will I be able to hold out? I, well, of course you won't. But when you're afraid, renew your trust in Christ. Take your temptation to the Lord. He'll make a way to escape. There was a man who had been a drunk and a blasphemer all his life, and he was converted. And he was a very earnest man, and on one occasion he was in prayer, and he prayed this prayer. He said, Lord, if you know that I'm going back to my old sins, I want you to take me to heaven at once. Boy, and while he was praying, he fell dead. The Lord answered his prayer. Now, wouldn't it be much better to pray, Lord, deliver me totally from the evil that I was so prone to? You're still prone to it, aren't you? Lord, deliver me from the evil that I so easily fell into. And what time you're afraid. Oh, if I go back to that old life. What time you're afraid, put your trust in him and all will be well. Your, your temporal fears and the fears of past sins and the fear of deception and the fear that you won't hold out. Put your trust in him. In the Lord Jesus Christ. And then there's another fear. There are many more. I'm just giving you some. You may have a fear I don't know anything about. These are just some of the fears that I've encountered. It's the fear of death. Look at Hebrews chapter 2, if you will, please. Hebrews 2.
Boy, what a fear this is. Hebrews 2, 15, and deliver them. Deliver them. Verse 14, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. What a bondage. He can deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. A bondage. You know good and well you're going to die, don't you? You know you will. And the thought of that just grips you with terror sometimes. Subject to bondage. And I've not overcome all of this, but God has given grace to go a long way down the road. Subject to bondage. Christ came to deliver them. And where Christ works, he does deliver us from the fear of death. You ever afraid of dying? You, I know you are. I know you think of it when you're real sick, don't you? There was a time in this life when I actually thought I was going to die. And I lay in the hospital 14 days. I didn't die, but the thought was heavy on me because I had an infection that was real bad and they didn't know about it for a while and I didn't either and I experience like that's good for you did you know that that was good for me I didn't die but I thought perhaps I would what shall I do what time I'm afraid I will trust in thee. What is death anyway? If you're in Christ, death is nothing. It's nothing. I can't convince you of that. I can't, I can't get this across to you or to myself. Death is nothing. And people say, oh, but the pain, the dying struggle. But there's no pain in death. It's life that's full of pain. Think with me now about this thing. What is death? Have you ever stuck, took a pen and you stuck it in your finger? Sure you have. You've give, taken a blood sample, a stick. That's death. Boop. It's over. You fear that? It's over. 
And people say, yes, but some people lie dying for weeks or months. No, that's not right. Say they are living because they're alive. It's living that makes people full of pain and anguish, but death ends all that. To be afraid to die must be because we do not understand death. For if believers know that to die, if you believe that to die was just to fall into the arms of the Lord Jesus Christ, then we could welcome this thing called death. And I'm trying to get to that place where I just welcome this thing called death. A welcome. And death comes to a lost man without a knowledge of Christ and says it's time to go. And that man will hold on to every post and grab everything that he can grab a hold of and hold on to it. But death comes to a believer. And death's in a different form. Death comes as a beautiful angel and says it's time and the believer says yes it's time and they walk down the road together in beautiful fellowship that's what the death of a believer is walking with angels into the presence of God but in our carnal state we cannot hardly grasp that can we but that's what it is Oh, but I'm so afraid of it. No. No, don't be afraid of it. Just say this, since Jesus is mine, I'll not fear undressing, but gladly put off this garment of clay. To die in the Lord is a covenant blessing since Jesus to glory through death led the way. He's already gone through. We just follow after him. Now if there's anybody here without a knowledge of the Lord Jesus, you have good reason to fear death. Not death actually, but after this, the judgment. And therein lies the fear. But there's no judgment to us, so there's no fear. The, the fears and the judgment pointed unto man wants to die, but after this, the judgment. Judge. God will judge. But we have no judgment. There's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Fear death. Oh, I haven't arrived, but I've gone a long way down the road. Long way down the road. Fear, boy, we have a lot of fears. Sometimes I fear to think about losing the ability to function, 
Don't you? You ever think about that? I'm thinking about it sometime, and I began to fear that. And I say, Lord, isn't that silly? Lose my mental faculties to where I can't even be coherent when I speak. I've tried to, I've tried to talk with people like that. Lose my physical ability to where I cannot take care of myself, and someone has to constantly attend to this body. That very well may happen to be put in a home somewhere with strangers and unable to take care of yourself in any way. And I think about that, and Shirley and I talk about that, and we say, oh, no. Oh, no. But what we're doing, we fear that. And if that happens, remember it was in God's book and it'll be for his glory somehow if I lie there in a home and cannot turn myself over on the bed that's for God's glory if somehow we could come to that place but that's I guess that's my greatest fear I'm confessing my sin I fear that but ought not See, the older you get, the more you think about that. You young squirts, you're not thinking about that, are you? Well, boy, I'll always. No, you won't. No, you won't. You'll decline a lot faster than you think. But I ought not have that fear. A man had a serious disease and he said he was grateful to have a medicine that helped him through it. And his neighbor said, well, you ought not be so grateful for that. I have a remedy that keeps me from getting that disease. So that's a lot better, isn't it? Not something to get you through it, but to keep you from falling into it. And what is this remedy? If we could learn to trust the Savior, we would never need to go through this thing of, of fear. And I don't know how to tell you to do that. I'm just as helpless as I can be to tell you how to do that. But if Isaiah said, I don't know exactly where, but it came to my mind, Isaiah said, I will trust thee, therefore I will not fear. Isn't that, isn't that good? I'll trust thee, therefore I will not fear. David said, when I fear, I'll trust thee. And Isaiah said, I'll trust thee and not fear. That's better, isn't it? And I know you're going to have fears. I know this, this message this morning, unless God really puts it in your heart, you're going to be just afraid as you can be of some things. And I am too. But I got to thinking about this. My, if we could just somehow come to the place of not being afraid. 
I read about two ships and a storm, and on the deck of one of those ships, the men were hurrying and scurrying around trying to get the anchor out quickly because a huge storm was about to come. And every man was just running hither and yon. And that other ship, everyone was just calm and sitting on the deck. And the ones on the ship where all the activity was going on said, how can you be so calm? What a huge storm is coming. And they said, well, we're so calm because we put our anchor out a long time ago before the storm came, so now we don't have to worry and hurry. And the teaching there is this, keep your anchor out, anchor in the, in the rock, the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll never be afraid and have to worry about things. And there again, oh, if somehow we could get a hold of this, are you filled with fears? Your children, you're afraid your children. What's going to happen to your children when they grow up? I'm afraid that they won't do well. Well, commit them to the Lord now and teach them all that you know and all you possibly can do to get them to the Lord Jesus Christ.